Welcome to Movie to Be Everybody. We have a really interesting and fun episode tonight, uh, which includes three amazing co-hosts and friends. Indeed. This is Aaron. Glad to be here. I'm your pachyderm expert. <sighs> it's a good thing you're, I'm here. I'm Blake. I'm your foam expert. And this is Brian. I'm your birdie num num expert. Birdie num nums. <laughs> All right. So we, on recommendation to Brian, watched this kind of old classic 1968. Yes. 1968 yeah. film called The Party. The Party. The Party. Which primarily stars Peter Sellers, but there's this is kind of a who's who of Hollywood back in the day, back in Shrug. the, the six, mid to late 60s. 1968. We, we, we aren't quite sure, but it, it takes place. Not over, a lot of big name actors, nah, just the, but the, a lot of character actors. A lot of character from actors. The, the time. It's, it's a very simple film. We uh, knew what we were going to watch ahead of time in the other. The other day, I was over at John's Marketplace in Southeast and decided, hey, I'm going to pick up some beers because I had watched the preview. Thank God I did because I had no idea, never heard of this film. Totally off the radar, but an interesting film. Has an elephant in it. I'm going to go ahead and plot spoil the crap out of that. It has. That's a, why I'm the pachyderm expert. That's why I'm upset has, that he's the pachyderm expert. It, I was just going to say an elephant like a rube. <laughs> it, it has an elephant in it during the party at some point. And I bought two beers. Uh, Delirium Nocturnum, which is similar to Delirium Tremens. And there's another Delirium that's a cherry-based, really interesting sour. But we went with the Nocturnum, which is a Belgian strong dark ale. And the Wild Ride Nutcrusher Peanut Butter Porter. And so if you've seen both of these cans or bottles, they have an elephant on the front. The Delirium is much more appropriate because it's a pink elephant like you would be for drunk. And there, there's a lot of sight gag humor going on in this <laughs> film related to drunkenness. Yeah, that waiter's the MVP. I, the waiter, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna step back from the episode and let you guys have fun describing. I, you had mentioned Blake that it are that it was like in researching this a little bit, it was based off of what, like a 28 page outline that was completely yeah. improvised or something. 56. So pages. that the outline was provided by Blake Edwards, who yeah. some of you may know from the pink, pink Panther, Panther series. Yeah. He yeah. and sellers worked wow. on, I think five of them. Yeah. yeah. Like a majority. So they've, they've had a long collaboration. This was one of their first movies together. Nice. Huh. Yeah. According to the other trivia, they had done a couple of pink Panthers before this one for this movie. But uh, what Dan's referring to is this film is improvised from a 56-page outline. Each scene was shot in sequence, which is weird for movies. I mean, considering what the set was looking like by the end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Water trash. everywhere and foam and an elephant and teenagers. Teenagers. Oh, yeah. Uh, to aid in this experiment, the film's producers had a video camera tube attached to the Panavision camera, Panavision, and connected to an Ampex Studio videotape machine. This is a lot longer than I expected it. So it's basically what it for them to like for the actors so, and so to see dailies like see the they shot like every that. scene in both film and video, mm-hmm. which was a was groundbreaking for the time because yeah. the video cameras were huge. They were big. They were not they, small cameras. Yeah. Um, but before we get too far into it, would someone like to provide us with a synopsis? Sure. A very short synopsis. Right, of so I'll, I'll say our, our hero, gosh, what's his name? His, uh, his something name is Bakshi. Harundi V. Bakshi. Harundi yeah. V. Bakshi as a, a transplant from India to Hollywood. And his career is abruptly ended when he makes a few <laughs> Mr. Bean-esque mistakes on set. And he, he's mistakenly invited to this uh, rich people Hollywood bigwig party. Where Fred he's, Clutterbuck. He's very much fish out of water. He's very much um, a, a hapless. One mistake chains and leads to another mistake. And you begin to really feel some compassion and empathy for this poor, poor man who is at this party completely out of his depth as one I, I hilarious. Mean, I've, I've also lost my my shoe in the little waiting pool. Yes. The, in the foyer of, said, of an MGM yeah, yeah, executive. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. And then I almost have the bamboo shoot and that rude waiter who keeps well, drinking my drinks and you f- snuck up on you, me. You, you flip the wrong switch on the house's control <laughs> console and you have the little cherub that pees into the pool to hydrate it. Like, yeah, the, urinate the, on a guest. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. house was great. It had this big high-tech well, control I, for the house. He can't finish the synopsis. I was hoping. Oh, I was going to say, like, uh, I mean, it's just this fish out of water, and you know, yeah. 
over and over again, you, you see like he he fumbles and he's completely in, in these awkward and embarrassing situations. A lot of faux pas, but not and all his fault. Not all his, not, <laughs> most of them are not, yeah. I would say. And, and But by the end, you know, his heart, his charisma, his warmth as a person wins over some of the few key guests, which begins this right. avalanche of... And that's uh, and that's as his brown face makeup starts wearing it, off. Because he gets wet a bunch, and then he dries yeah. off a bunch. And, and, and it, his, right. I, yeah. I would say this party descends into chaos yes. without him. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. party was going to be a disaster anyway because of some things that the teenager, happened. The teenager show, the teenage daughter showing up with a whole bunch of her friends that are anti-war, anti-this, anti-that, and they bring in and they a bring baby, an elephant, a baby the, elephant. To the, the this is this party. is after yes. the what was it? Greeks or Russians? There was a came, Russian ballet that the came Russian. in. Sang it, Greek they, songs. they said Russian ballet, but it was obviously very much in Greek. Well, they, from what we can well, tell. then they showed up at the uh, the hostess's behest. The lead, the host, the, the wife. No, the, the the man, the male host, who is the producer of the movie, the executive that the yeah. that uh, Sellers character got kicked off on because he had to tie his shoe, put on a dynamite box, and blew up a big set when they weren't rolling. Correct. Which is based on something that happened in. Oh dang it! I gotta look it up again. But it, ha- it happened in another movie. So this film is based on a real life event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, of an awkward man just trying to find his way in the world. But now he get it's he you know bumbles around. He messes with, he messes with the toilet. <laughs> you, you show up with a big elephant. People are dancing and running around. It becomes a foam party at one point. You can't just say you mess with the toilet and move on from that, Blake. You got yeah. you know our listeners it, will it be causes, so confused. It he breaks the toilet issues. and the place floods, and the yeah. toilet overflows. In, but in not his epic fault, way. which the nanny discovers and and he ruins a few paintings by by accident. But <laughs> yeah, yes. but I, I think everybody can identify with you know the introvert feeling of being at a party and not knowing who to talk to, and you Boy. try three times and it doesn't work. Every time you walked up to like a group having a discussion, they walked off like, who, who, it's too real. Just so nervous that you accidentally do a minor thing, but you feel like it's the worst faux pas in the world. Yeah, but right? everyone, he does, everyone is staring at him when he does it too. But yeah. they're all so polite, which I thought was a nice detail. No one's yelling at him. Heck, he made friends with that, uh, that cowboy actor. Yeah. Right? He did. <laughs> the man dressed like a matador. He dressed like a matador wearing way too tight of pants and shirt and every... I'm like, people like that... He looked anorexic. I'm like, dude was way too thin. Well, he, he definitely had like the, the V shape, like you know, tiny legs, but then like overbuilt... Cum gutter. Chest uh, and... Uh, ch- ch- You're ch- going to have to bleep that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have Brian bleep it. During, yeah. during the initial first act where you see the guy bumbling around doing silly things... It's in a movie set, obviously. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside well, of they LA, built, they built a. They but built it's a movie it's set very much it. physical comedy. He's yes. very much selling it in the way. Like we made a lot of comparisons to Mr. Bean. That that very like uh, slapstick to me seems to do it a little disservice because it's it's just it's it's constantly well, yeah, yeah, this physical. Isn't, it's not Three Stooges. That's full cool slapstick. This yeah. is like Pratt Falls physical comedy. Yeah, right. You, it, it, it's yeah. it's highbrow. There's there's no special effects. It, it's all practical. They might have had a stunt double for some of it, but not a lot. Right. There the film set. I'm like I've never been on a professional like movie film set. Uh, Brian, did you have any words of professionalism to a the guy not wearing a shirt out in the desert trying to it was the move 60s. the camera? I'm I, like well, I have uh, never seen a film crew go film crewmen go topless. I mean, it was cute and all, but I'm just like. All right, this is a film crew, and it's obvious it's not yeah, a porn it, film. It so was what? clearly a kind of a B movie <laughs> it was a that B was movie. going a B epic movie. But they did have a hundred costumed extras and mm-hmm. Peter Sellers' character acting foolish, constantly screwing up the movie. Apparently, him playing the uh, the bugle over and over and over was a jab at uh, the movie Gunga Din. <laughs> All right, According I, to the yeah. trivia, I've never seen it, but apparently that was yeah. So he's, that, that's he's, what he was referencing. He's not just being yeah. Silly. Obviously, it it, it felt like a it reference. went on and on and on and yeah. on. Like <laughs> the dude literally, he he'd get shot it, and yeah. he'd, uh, and then he'd play some more and, uh, it, and play some more. And, like uh, you, you, you have more. this gag of like yeah, somebody's really committed. He's playing the bugle and he keeps playing when yeah. he gets shot and like. 
you, you think of how long that joke would last, dear listener. And and this took it three times longer. I'm not even. <laughs> yeah, kidding, like, yeah. Like, it was a while. It was like 10 minutes on the screen <laughs> and, of him. And doing I'll that. say and that I'm just like, what is going on? The, the first time I saw the movie, I had no idea what was going on. It, it takes probably five minutes before you realize he's even on a movie set. Yes. 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 Um, yes. It looks like he's so, really just acting, or not acting, but he's actually doing like a character, or he is a character in mm-hmm. something in a story. Some, some yeah. period drama epic. Yeah. So it, it it takes a little while to figure out what the movie, what so the movie, in, the in, party is. Until you see him close up when he's wearing his waterproof watch, his Timex oh, watch. Yeah. And it's Which, like in the 1800s, and it's like, they point that out, it's like, and what well, time is that it? That was a well oh. done back and forth. We said, uh, so you know they wouldn't wear this. Oh, no, no, no. It, it wasn't invented yet. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh, do you have the time? <laughs> oh. What, which was a call because I think was it Spartacus some uh, some yeah. major Roman better Ben Hur ben- one of them had a like just a wristwatch yeah. somebody wearing a wrist uh, so I was going to ask about um, you know fa- famous like uh, uh, British Raj movies that may have come out in the mid sixties that this could be calling back to uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll so ask about that in a minute Gunga Din. Oh, okay, we'll go the, into it now the char <laughs> the charge of the light brigade oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, Maybe Zulu a little bit. Yeah. Was that like the man who would be king? Was that later? The man who would be yes. king. Okay. That was yeah. also around Sean the same Connery. time period. Yeah, around Zulu. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of one sort of uh, cultural yeah, the, uh, the, uh, moment. The epic gonna... British Empire doing right by the world. Right, Titan. right. It felt very much like that. If you've seen any films based in that time period with India and them colonizing India, this spoke to that very directly. Right, and you'd recognize that. And the other or thing, Africa. I was going to say, this was 1968. George Harrison wrote "Within You, Without You," uh, with classical Indian song structure. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Land, mm-hmm. 1967, the year before, and and that was three years after uh, there, there the beginning of the Beatles exploring like Rajasthani music. Right. The, yeah, this right, was uh, this was. During the same time period where the Beatles and Donovan all went to India right, for with Ravi Shankar and yeah. yeah, so I'm wondering, like, was there kind of this late '60s, yeah, zeitgeist? You know, this this feeling of of the cultural moment that explains why is Peter Sellers playing? Well, yeah, so so India was <laughs> Indian, well, was the Peter Sellers in, is because he's a very funny comedian. I don't uh, know about uh, the Indian okay. part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peter Sellers is phenomenal, and I mean, and I've seen like. I had never heard of this movie, Brian. I'm really glad you suggested yeah. it. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, but I've seen like, you know, Dr. Strangelove and Peter Sellers playing like two parts in that movie that great. phenomenally well. And, th- you know, that was 1964, 1964. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know Peter Sellers was already a star by this point in his career. And, you know, I'm kind of just trying to place myself of like, well, what was the headspace of 1968? You know, was there this Indian influence? You know, was, was there, Perhaps. you know. Perhaps, perhaps he was approached and said, "Hey, you like this influence that's coming from you know music right. and stuff, and these we British have this, Raj movies. We, we have this that. really fun, crazy idea. Here's this outline, and you can just run with it, right?" And he's like, "Hell yeah!" But uh, again, did not age well. Brown face it's, was horrible. He's, His he's accent's doing, horrible. He's doing he better than it. Fisher Stevens in Short Circuit. That is. Yes, bad. really, yeah. really bad. But and, and 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 I will say it's better to look at this movie as Mr. Bean, who happens to be Indian. Yeah, yeah. Than a horrible Indian stereotype, and he's bungling because he's yeah. Indian. I mean, and, and Brian, you mentioned that they they actually in India kind of celebrate this a little bit because mm-hmm. it was like perhaps the first time in Hollywood that they were portrayed paying attention and, and not yeah. like really just crapped on i mean there's a point where he says like you can't paint this in elephant like this that's disrespectful to right the character says my country oh. yes. he said we paint it well yeah we paint it but we don't put slogans on it yeah like, so, that's kind of yeah. nice right. so he, he, he's actually <laughs> making commentary why are you having cultural appropriation, appropriation. Yeah. right yeah. now in 1968 which is what the beatles and donovan and yeah you know everybody getting into a spiritual path that aren't culturally traditional to them. Right. Which there's nothing wrong. I think I, I think perhaps it's an embracement, that. but still a commentary on like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. So well, they, I, they, I, they're probably misinterpreting the, yeah. the culture a lot I at had that a, point. I, I said it multiple times during this. Every time he spoke with the stupid accent, I cringed. I was like, mm. oh my God. It's too bad he's not alive today to ask him, watch this movie and tell, you how, tell us how you feel about that because it's so incredibly horrible. 
Well, I mean, it, so he was represented, I think, largely well. And, and like we said, like, you yeah. know, the, the, it was uh, no, there the any Prime tr- Minister uh, uh, Gandhi, Netanyahu. Uh, the late Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi Indira. was Indira. a fan, and especially the line, in India, we don't think who we are. We know who we are. Yeah, right. We are. Yeah. And so I would, I would argue, like, yeah, it's a comedic film, and there are many instances that feel kind of cringy because, like, it's Peter Sellers wearing makeup. It's yeah. not, you know, the, the, it's not uh, a, a legitimately uh, Indian actor. They could have found one. Yeah. And in oh, yeah. today, that would have that would have been how it would have happened. But, but, but so this is also a character that all has Indian actors. But this 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 character is a character who has so much heart. And you know, yes. and is a victim of circumstance in a lot of respects. They I would say they never do jokes that poke fun at Indian at culture. Him, no, right, no one ever right, asks right. like, "Oh, do you yeah. want some vindaloo or, or act?" You yeah, know, thank you, uh, thank you, Blake. This yeah, is they the, don't. This, this is the yeah. point I'm trying to make. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, everyone's treating him pretty nicely, well, and it's a sympathetic. <laughs> it's a sympathetic yeah. portrayal of this poor person who who is like I, I don't want to say poor person. And, this character, this, this who out of water, he, he doesn't screw up because he's Indian. He screws up because he's. Just kind cl- of he's a bungler. A, he's a clumsy guy. He's a clumsy guy, and he just doesn't know the culture he's what? been thrust into. Yeah, also, it, that it, is a weird w- rich person party. W- which of us know what it's like to be at a Hollywood party at at, at a $14 billion mansion? You do, right. Brian. Sh- yeah. Just once. Or twice. Or twice. <laughs> and <laughs> I may have I made him. mistakes. Were, were you, I, I were asked you, uh, him tur- about that. Were you turning like, on the main panel and uh, moving the floor and uh, sitting off the bonfire? <laughs> well, hold on. Let me say, though, this was 1968. We were a yeah. year away from the United States putting a man on the moon. Technology was, you know, seen as this... A uh, uh, great step forward yeah, for all yeah. human, and like, yeah, there were things like I remember my parents bought a house that was like retrofit with a downstairs bar. Wow, that had like you know these lights and like built-in stereo, very sixties kind of. Uh, where, like, where you flipped a switch and the mm-hmm. lights would come on, and yeah, the nice. soft music would, or a yeah. drape would like go up and reveal a, uh, a mosaic a, in the wall, a like black <laughs> velvet know? painting of Elvis, <laughs> <laughs> with that a, kind of with a leopard. Not that detail, but that kind of aesthetic <laughs> and idea, yeah. And, and so, like, yeah, I can imagine a house that had this control panel mm-hmm. of, like, an early computer system, an early Alexa that would, like, move the bar out of the way because, uh, you know. It's, you got to have room um, to dance with the yeah. uh, when the Russians get and, here. Right. Yes. And there's there's a whole lot of floor moving and falling into water, <laughs> yeah. like, multiple times. Yeah. yeah. And then the big no. foam party at the end was, like, that was amazing. I, I'm, like, if you've never been to the club... During a phone party, so, that's so what it's I want to like. ask because the comedy in this is really delightful. It's like Aaron was saying, good physical comedy. It hails back to like Buster Keaton and Laurel and Hardy. No one's ever really like the butt of any joke. It's just oh, these crazy happenstances happening. Did anyone have a favorite joke? Because I know mine and Brian's. If you want to share that, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say the chicken on the tiara with the wig, <laughs> when, and then the the drunk. I guess waiter goes over and takes it off the... her head. And I'm just like, and then, and then somehow it ends up on the the, the, the little cherub statue, the cherub statue yeah. that's peeing to the pool. I forgot I was about like, the dinner scene. That was that's great, yeah. classic. I, I've got to say that when he flips the switch on the wall and it makes the uh, peeing cherub shoot <laughs> shoot the water across really, really, really far. across the room <laughs> and, and, and spray on there all the guests. That might be my favorite. All right. Yeah. My, mine's when he breaks the toilet and sneaks outside, and it's on a gravel <laughs> slanted roof. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever it was, he he falls and slowly falls, thrashing and kicking into the right. pool. Kicking <laughs> gravel into the pool it's, as It's such goes. a slow pratfall. Yeah. It's so funny. It's I like, kinda, wow. So he really did that, too. The yeah. head caterer has this assistant who is kind of a bungler also. He's such a bungler. And, he and steals the, assistant, the movie. He the, the assistant steals the movie. I think my favorite joke would be either when the assistant starts, you know, offering like, oh, would you like a whiskey or a scotch, you know, or whiskey or, or vodka? And nobody's taking the drink, so the waiter's just like turns around and starts drinking them well, himself. Well, he, he keeps offering it to a Sellers to character, to Sellers character who doesn't drink. Who, yeah. Who is sober. Yeah. yeah. It, but I, I think that, and, but then also the head caterer blaming everything on his lackey <laughs> yeah. and trying to like throttle him when something goes wrong, even if it's not his fault. Just blaming everything on his underling. <laughs> and the underling is nonplussed. Yeah. He just keeps doing his job. Just another day. I, and it's taking nothing. another day. Does drink. that 60s Hollywood thing where as soon as you take a drink, you're drunk. It doesn't take an hour to right. kick in. Boom. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to keep drinking and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But I like the cast of characters of this. Like everyone had like distinctive roles. Like the, the, the tall cowboy was with his. um. Oh shoot! Italian, what, what, Italian, Italian, Italian uh, lady of the evening. Yeah, 
or week, whatever. The older gentleman with the uh, woman who is French dr- uh, drinking too much. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He was uh, under the producer, and then they yeah, had the yeah. director who was had the French young singer, yeah, yeah. songwriter, actress who Mr. Sellers rescued his character yep, yep. sort of rescued at the end of the night. And that, that was a good journey for him to take. He's like, Oh, I can finally speak up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what it was about. Well, it was I, like, she didn't understand the story he was telling or why he was influenced on saying, you know, children well, are innocent like you. Well, it's like he needed help, but she needed help too. She needed yeah. more help than him. And, 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 yeah, and, and he, he be actually became a hero in a way. Right. Yeah. Very Which much. is kind of like, that was, that was the character's journey. You know, he, yeah. he's kind of fish out of water, this outsider. It was but a quest. Then, by the end of the party <laughs> though, like he stands up for the elephant and for, for India and for his heritage. He rescues the damsel in distress. Yep. And by the end, it's like everybody at the party, except with some notable yes. villains, <laughs> some notable the villains, the villains all, didn't, weren't down. But then when he leaves the party they all cheer him as he leaves because he's you know he's made this heroic advancement <laughs> socially and everyone appreciates it except for those few villains who are the producers and the money makers and the people who yeah. are like why are you at my party well yeah the people who invited him by mistake by mistake that's delighted me that he uh producer got the call and said all right write his name down I'll make sure he never works in this town again and promptly gets invited because it's on the same sheet yeah. as, on, the, as the invitees for this party. <laughs> the plot spoil happens right there. That's oh, the turn of the good. movie. It's oh, like it's the so first good. little part introduces the character and then it's like, how does he end up in this weird situation? But I wanna, And that's all it is. I want to say like how, how much genius went into this though because you think of like, you know, like you said it was a 52 page outline. Yeah. How much improv Peter Sellers and that uh, the waiter, I wish I knew the character's name or the actor's name, but like the the... The caterer that features most prominently in most of the physical comedy and the, the sight gags, <laughs> well, they it, steal. And it seems like his, since they shot it in order, uh-huh. it seems like they realized he was comedy gold early on. Yeah. And he made a bigger part for himself as yeah. the film went on. That, that feels like something they would go for. I, I yeah. Like, hey, you're doing all right. Let's put yeah. you more screen time. Respond. That joke where you drink any refused drink, that's <laughs> yeah. hilarious. What would happen to this character? As he gets more and more drunk. As he gets completely sloshed <laughs> and, while working. And, yeah. and, and how is he going to get more drinks uh-huh. as the film goes on? <laughs> right. How will we connive to... Uh, yeah. yeah. And then it is kind of sweet. Like the two alcoholic characters do find each other in the end. <laughs> yeah. like, you know. That. And I like that we get a... Uh, this might be a kind of a 60s movie thing, but the uh, the the French woman lead, the uh, uh, brunette, at one point is forced to like you know play guitar in front of this group to like... For the director to show off, oh, look at the shop she's got. She'll be a big star. And it's just this nice little scene Well, Sellers' character is, you know, holding in his, his pee break. Holding his <laughs> but, water. But, like, it's a, kind of a nice little scene of her just singing and playing. She was, it was kind of pleasant. So so the, yeah. the guy who stole it's the show. Pellet, yeah. pellet yeah. Steve Franken. Yeah. Steve Franken. I think that's the gentleman. Yes. Yes. He, he, he seems to be a fairly successful actor in Hollywood. Good uh, for him. From the born in 32... He was in Westworld in 1973, the original nice. movie. That's, that's, I think that's where I remember him from. I'm like, huh. I recognize that guy. But yeah, so 60, and he was in the Time Travelers in 64 and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, passed away in 2012. So he's been in a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of TV. Um, so again, I it's, it's kind of like I recognize some of the faces from mm-hmm. both older TV shows and movies. And back then, the actors, it didn't matter, film or TV. You are an actor for a studio. Yeah, you're right, under contract. Right. You did right. whatever they told you to do. So I like I like the pacing. The pacing. like it, The sound. It, we, the we pa- had yeah, the sound. Let's talk about the sound. The soundtrack. Henry Mancini. It, Henry it, Mancini. It's a very quiet movie. Yeah. yeah. Like. A lot of the movie feels like it's a muted cocktail party. There's the most of the music in the film comes from the jazz band that's there, the house yes. band, and yep. the house band, and it's fantastic music. Yep. But there are a lot of scenes that are very quiet, it's, and and it just relies on the physical comedy and the acting of the actors, and it's uh, it's kind of refreshing. You're just mm-hmm. there at that cocktail party with them. Well, it's it's funnier, like you know, we, we, Dan. You were saying the chicken gag. So for our listeners, our our, our hero um, is is trying to at this you know dining table cut cut a piece of his chicken for dinner, and somehow the chicken like slips under his knife and it lands yeah, in the it, hairpiece it, of a it's neighboring a Cornish game hen. So oh, a yeah, small, small, oh, small, small game bird. You're right. he, he does this a lot where he over 
over moves, over reacts, and does puts a lot more pressure inner movement into yeah, something yeah, yeah. that's needed. And but, something reaction is like the yeah. bird flies off his plate and lands on the woman's headpiece. And, and as he's explaining to uh, to one of the caterers of like, oh my god, the, the drunk one, my the, the drunk server, yes, my my Cornish game hen is over on this woman's head. Like, there's no dialogue. You just see him like you know gesturing, work, gesturing, yeah, yeah. and like you know there's dialogue, but we can't hear it. And it's funnier. I think it's funnier it, because yeah. of that because you fill in the blanks of like. Oh, uh, excuse me, sir. My 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 Cornish game hand is on her head. And then this like, drunk waiter is like, "What do you? What what? You, yeah. you, you don't have a Cornish game hand. <laughs> yeah, he's probably, you, ate, he's like, you ate it already. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it's already exactly. gone. Where'd right. it go? Right. And then, I can't bring another. And then he says, "Oh, you want me to go get it?" And he goes and he, and he grabs, the, grabs the whole it. wig, the whole wig off this poor lady. Yeah. And it, and it's all funnier because there's no dialogue. There's nobody saying like, "Oh, my my Cornish game hand has." flowing across the table yeah, yeah there's like, a lot of jokes in this i can i could tell you if it was made in like the 2000s it'd be a lot more on the nose it'd be right. a lot more crass bathroom humor yeah i i would say that there's a few supporting characters who really help the story along and then there's a few really funny characters who are more memorable than not and i would say the kid in the bedroom <laughs> is super oh, memorable yeah. because he provides a way for the character to do something yeah. So he's he's not he's he's a secondary. I'm going to support you in your role. I'm going to give you my little dart gun or little gun that sprays air or whatever. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be successful. Some, loan you some dry clothes. I'm going to give you some dry clothes. That's true. Yeah. And <laughs> his now girlfriend or new girlfriend or the one the the French woman who he saves the French woman who's holding onto his cowboy hat for our, later our yes. heroine or the heroine yeah. she she comes across as very innocent as well she's like oh I'm here I don't know what's going on yeah I'm very much like song and you blah, know blah, blah. new new to Hollywood new like thrown into the right. uh, the lion's den of producers and directors yeah and, and the, the per, one producer tries to get her on the casting couch and Peter casting Sellers' bed. character. Intervenes, kind of saves her. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, and you have a choice. You can come with me, or you can go home by yourself and stay. And yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna stay because I don't like you." Yeah, good you're for her because you're a rapist. Rapist, much. Oh. Yeah, me too. Too. We were all like, "Oh, Harvey Feinstein, here we go." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Anyways. but anyway, the, the on the pace. It started a little slow, but we like let you see like what Seller's character is like, you know, wearing the watch, accidentally blowing up the building, and then uh, the really slow burn of getting into the party, that feeling of like, oh, I'm just kind of wandering around, I don't really know where to go, and then when the dancers get there, it just kicks off high speed before you're like, okay, so everyone's dancing, and this is a good time, and now just chaos, and now this uh, his the daughter's here. And I think with oh, she has elephant. like th- I thought she has like two or three friends. An army of teenagers come in with a painted elephant. Like, what is going on? Yeah, what that's a great a party! Very, very <laughs> random turn of events where you then it's nice that they don't explain everything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, the yeah, teenage, yeah. You just, you assume that it's the daughter because she says, "Oh, my mom's not going to care." Here we go. And the one friend who's standing there in like a blazer jacket and shorts was like, "Are you sure your uh, mom's yes. okay with uh, this?" Ah, yes, the Angus Young look. Yes, right. <laughs> and he's like, and she's like, "I don't care. Let's go." And and. and they're all just rowdy, anti-everything teams. Yeah, protesters you know? with protesters. an elephant. <laughs> free love, baby, free love. <laughs> it was pretty good. Just the chaos happening, and then and I really liked that the 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 kids once he once he told them, "Hey, this is disrespectful to my country. You guys can't do it." And they they immediately, "Okay, how do we fix it?" Like, yeah. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah. How, that, how compliant? You know, yeah. like how, how helpful. They're like, "Oh, we." <laughs> well, mean he's well. not. He's not a rich white person. Why <laughs> should I yeah. listen to him? And that's exactly it. Should it's listen like, to him. We should listen to him because he's from there, and we don't. We don't yeah. know. We're just making assumptions, and we're drawing on what we feel is right. And cultural appropriation, I think, really did speak to that. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, "Oh, hey, let's not do that." And, and so then, I think Brian, going back to your point about the music, <laughs> and like, "Hey, you know, we're, we're going to represent this culture, but we're going to show that." maybe part of Hollywood, or at least the younger crowd, the younger generations are like, oh, hey, yeah, that's not cool. Let's right. not do that. Well, right. I, this I, is this is kind of the tip of the spear for change, some change in Hollywood, right. yeah, perhaps. Well, I, 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 it does kind of make the point nicely of like, you can have a cultural conversation or respond or, you know, uh, incorporate elements of attrition, but that's different than grabbing it and, and presenting it as if it's your own. Right. Yeah, or that yeah. you would you would create it or generate it, you know, right? Um, yeah. Saying that it's completely authentic, even though you are not an expert, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. are you right. barely know, 
I, I barely know anything about, about pachydermacy, yeah. and yet I'm our pachyderm expert you tonight. Do. So <laughs> you are you are the expert of the elephant. I mean, I'm so, talking about the elephant more, but so, whatever. <laughs> so I'm curious, like what what zoo did they get that elephant from? Like I didn't see anything about that, and it yeah. seems kind of odd that you would be able to find like not necessarily like a newborn small. This was like a young. <laughs> It's Peter Sellers' uh, personal elephant. Personal elephant? I don't it's know. one of many in his collection. I guess. Uh, we can't play up. chess with just one elephant. It's very, very well trained. So you obviously, can. You would just win every time. <laughs> it looks like a circus animal because it is super well trained and only steps where it needs to. And yeah, there's, does there's, there's one yeah, shot where the mom falls in the water and it looked like it jumped a little. But other yeah. than that, it seemed pretty low-key. I mean, this is probably less prevalent today, but certainly in the 60s, there were wild animal farms that serviced the film industry. Oh, in yeah, yeah, I watched a movie about that not so long ago. Yeah, we watched Nope, where that yeah. horse freaked out, and then the dude fought an alien. Yes. Okay. Which, listen which, back, true believer. This is like, you know, there were people who were dressed kind of looking like aliens in this movie, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> it's the 60s. They can get away with nah, it. I think overall, this is a, a thumbs up. I really liked it. Thank you for recommending yeah, it, Brian. Yeah, that, was a, that was a blast. Yeah. That was really fun. So so while there were people drinking a lot of hard alcohol, I didn't uh, see yeah, no, not a lot of beer. beer. No, no beer. What's your high society wine? for beer? Vodka. I saw wine, vodka. <laughs> yeah, a handle of vodka. Oh, lots of plenty of scotch. <laughs> lots of scotch. Yeah. Whereas a, a sherry. So there's was a sherry. Yeah, some, he kept putting his hand over the and poured it over his hand and kept filling it. He's like, I'm drunk, I don't care. There were some cute sight gags with filling of the wine glasses, but it's I digress. Uh, oh, so yeah. <laughs> this is the point of the movie where I don't know. I think there's a lot the dinner scene is where it really broke to where people were really drinking because the first part they people were kind of just mingling a little bit, and I'm not sure how dinner parties back then worked, but it was like you know there's a certain it, order that there seemed to be stages, in. yeah, where there's yeah. like a, a you, meet and greet. You have, you have a little cocktail before the party to kind of loosen the conversation, right? And then sit down with a glass of wine with your Cornish game hand and two pieces of green beans, two green what? beans, or <laughs> a salad that gets thrown on you by somebody <laughs> with their hand. Well, I think it's it's a it's a classic uh, house party thing. Or dinner party thing where your your music starts off low key, the energy is fairly relaxed, and slowly over the course of the evening, the the, the music becomes more energetic. Yeah, the band did arrive till later, yeah, a little bit louder. Things become a little bit more. And and in this movie, it's like and, and then you all put your chaos. you put your keys into a fishbowl, fishbowl, <laughs> and the bubbles and the foam come out. So let's talk about the beers we had. Yeah, so speaking we of we bubbles gonna, and foam, bubbles hey, and foam. There we go. I I made an effort to pour one of our beers into glasses that were appropriate. It so we could get some decent aromatics out of them. But the first one that we tried, it was we pretty had, tasty. We had two beers. I went down to John's Marketplace in Southwest in Multnomah Village uh, last night, actually, and was like, hey, I need to find some beers with elephants. And I knew Delirium as a beer has multiple sort of variants of the beer. And while I do like Delirium Tremens, which is the Belgian triple or single that they have. I think the Nocturnum, which is the Belgian dark strong ale would go a little better. And it did. And the, but the first one that we tried, which also has an elephant on the cover, but it's an older adult elephant and not a pink bumbling this is, one. This is a really cool looking, scary one. Scary. So wild wide brewing, wild ride brewing out the of nut crusher, <laughs> Redmond, Oregon. Oh, wow, so this Redmond. is nut crusher, peanut butter, Porter. So this beer is actually quite good. I can't remember if we've done a wild wi- a wild ride beer. It's an interesting name, and it's it's off of skiing. A bunch of the, the stuff out of that part of the state comes from skiing influences. Yeah, that's not far from Bend. Yeah, yep. six six percent, eighteen um, IBU. Uh, it's kind of coffee bitter on the nose a little bit. Like it does have a little bit of seam, a little bit, a little bit of that peanut and semi sweet chocolate. There's mm-hmm. some peanut flavor. You definitely, as it warms up, it gets a little bit more peanut pronounced. Uh, it is a thinner beer though on the flavor profile. Like as far as like how it hits the tongue, it's thin. It's it's a little sharp and thin. Yeah, it's not a thick, rich, big, robust porter. And again, th- there's really very little difference between porters and stouts. Mouthfeel is not really one of them because you can have really thin porters and really right. thin stouts. And this right. is a thinner porter as far as it's, it's not made with something to give you that, huh. like, I want to coat the tongue. This just hits a little bitterness. Light viscosity. Yeah, it's it's of. a really lighter beer oh. at, at 6%. Um, and so what's interesting is so we have a tall boy and an ultra tall boy right. that I got. 
the wild ride Nutcrusher was like five bucks a can, and the delirium as a single tall boy was pushing like seven bucks a can or like six seventy five. But you can actually like putting them next to each other. It's like I hope wherever you're buying these that a they're refrigerated. Mm. They don't may necessarily need to be refrigerated because the delirium is going to hold up to heat because of the alcohol percent and the fact that it's sort of like a barley wine in flavor. The nut crusher should hold up to being at room temp for at least a month or two, mm. but I wouldn't necessarily go beyond that. I walked around John's marketplace and found this beer in the cooler. So I was like, yeah, let's just grab that. Aaron, uh, off the top of your head, what do you think about this beer? I, I, I feel like you, you, well, have, uh, you guys <laughs> sipped it slowly. Well, I'll tell you what Wild Ride Brew tells you about the beer. Oh, so I, thought, they I, say, I, was, I was trying to set you up so you just said that. Like, wow, well, well, that's a well, cool I mean, opinion. It starts out, <laughs> we love beer. I can't really ah, tell you. We love okay. beer. We but love we, beer. But and we do love beer. We it's love true. beer and we love peanut butter. Nut Crusher Peanut Butter Porter has notes of chocolate and caramel and is complemented by the addition of creamy peanut butter flavor. It's true liquid peanut butter t- for you to enjoy. Be better than crunchy uh, peanut, peanut butter flavor where you get peanuts in the can. I'm, I, I'm, I was thinking so more cacao nibs. Yeah, than, cocoa nibs. I didn't get any caramel and, personally. So oh. you've you you have you had a little bit that you held off on and yeah, let it warm up a bit. And I did. how was it tasting after it warmed up a bunch? Uh, a little a little less on the chocolate and like I did get a little more caramel at the end. But uh, I yeah. but I, I'd say like sweeter. that's not like that wasn't so dominant for me that I printed on the can. Yeah. Um, for me, it was all about like that, that semi-sweet chocolate kind of maybe bitter, bitter chocolate. Yeah. There was a, you know, of course, uh, kind of nuttiness and peanut butter sort of, uh, flavor to it too. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I did really enjoy this beer. I think it matched the movie fairly well. Also, That's a uh, my 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 hope for this beer would be if it was like a little bit thicker and heavier. Yeah, that would have been nicer for me, just because the intensity of the flavor. I, I would want something that was like one or more two steps towards like heavy yeah, syrup. You know, <laughs> this movie was so kind of light yeah. and not heavy. I think a heavier beer wouldn't have gone so well. Yeah, and fight, and, and fight, I fight, I like the fact fight, that this fight, was more fight. kind of a thinner beer. Right. You can find this beer on Nitro Ooh. at a few places around town on occasion. Here in the Pacific Northwest, this is a widely distributed beer. This is one of their mainstay year-round beers. You can find it. They're not doing it in nitro cans because it's not a stout. It's a porter. You don't really do porters on nitro, but you can, and I have seen it at a few places. If you go to Seattle, it'd go to, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to call out this place. I don't necessarily support them, but they do a lot of local stuff and regional stuff. If you go to the Yard House, the one here in Portland used to have these guys on nitro all the time. Well, I'd say Redmond does but, really grow, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a tasting room for Wild Ride yeah, down in Redmond somewhere. I, there probably is. You know? I, I'm not sure, but check them out. They've been around a long time, at least more than a decade, as far as I can remember. Just crushing uh, nuts for 10 this years. Is, this is a beer that's been around for a while. Uh, they, they do it in different size cans. I think that it does really well as it warms up. It doesn't really shift a whole lot. I think that mm-hmm. it, it still sustains that kind of thinner character and then a little more sweetness shows up on the back, but nice beer to start with. Um, yeah. Brian, thoughts? Yes. Well, like I said, I, I think it was better as a thinner porter for mm-hmm. this film. I think something really heavy wouldn't have worked because it's a very light-hearted kind of romp. Yes. Um, I, I felt it... Uh, was very peanut buttery to me. Um, I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. Bleak. It's a beer. Thoughts? It's a beer. Aaron. <laughs> no, I, I'd second love what uh, <laughs> Brian was saying. Like I got more peanut butter than anything. And I just got peanut. The peanut butter means like creamy smoothness. Oh, yeah. Tongue coating. More nutty. Oily. Peanut buttery to me. It's just straight peanut. It's like if it I chew some crushed my nuts. It crushed my peanuts. <laughs> Brian, please. This is for children. Yes. Yeah, the, the podcast about beer for children. Place. Yeah, Let's dude. <laughs> Kids love drinking. You saw those protesters. They all got sloshed. Yes. I'd say if you like uh, like the Reese's peanut butter cup, but maybe like not as nearly sickly sweet and sugary. <laughs> if you like the peanut butter cup, you only eat the chocolate part. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Like, like a peanut Throwing butter away. cup with dark chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Dark dark chocolate. Chocolate. This beer. Your, your, your health conscious yoga instructor friend has made this. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. You say, oh, thanks, Sharice. Garbage. <laughs> no, I bet it's great. Yeah. I bet it, and, and this beer was. Cherise can't so cook, like, man. She didn't know what she's doing. style yoga. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next. Is that beer. is that yoga where you need a hot dog? Yes. 
All right. okay. We have so a second beer. Where's so the Where's the marketing copy? We don't have any. I checked it for you. There's what? not a lot of marketing. This is copy. descending into chaos, just like the party. You'll have just to make like it up yourself. Oh, wait, here. This does say the darker side of delirium. All right. So delirium tremens nice. is a fairly popular. You can find it in small white ceramic bottles. Or that are cans and tall boys. They're quite yeah, striking. They really stand they, out. they really, really stand out. So this is a beer that's actually imported. Uh, the brewery is actually, you know, Belgium in Belgium. Uh, this is it's via Frederick, Maryland. I've been it there. Was imported by in Frederick, Maryland. The beer itself. This is one of the three variants of it. So this is Nocturnum, which if you do find it, it's in a darker, I think, black bottle. The can is dark blue. I like Nocturnum. It sounds like a villain, super villain from the 90s. It, it's got this pink bubbly elephant on it who's like, I'm drunk, leave me alone. I'm happy walking by myself. And this is the darker side of it. So this this is a six. It's actually 8.5%. It yeah, doesn't, it's big, I don't big boy. see any IBUs anywhere. Uh, it has a serving temperature uh, suggestion on it. It does. I thought and, that was really cool. And that's why I took it out of the fridge and let it sit for a few minutes before I poured it. And then I knew you guys weren't necessarily quite finished with your other beer. And I was like, here, just hold on to this in your hand and let it warm up a little bit. Here, sit it, on this can. And I said, when I poured it into these tulip glasses, well, they're actually it's sort of tulip glasses, not really tulip glasses. It's like, take a whiff because it's got a slightly mahogany tinge, reddish kind of head hmm. that is there. It, it's going to show up. If you pour it a hard pour or a soft pour, you're still going to get head because this is really carbonated, almost too much but just enough. And it's going to hold on to that carbonation throughout the whole beer. You're mm-hmm. still going to get carbonation at the end, even if you let it sit and warm up. And that's a beautiful thing about this beer that very few people can master. It's got a lot of brown sugar and dark fruits. It's really, really, the their bready, boozy nose on it mm-hmm. is appealing. It smells like a really strong barley wine, but it's actually mm-hmm. not that strong of a beer at 8.5%. There's a lot of kind of, there's a nice clean medium body. It tastes a little sweet on the back and it's just a pleasant clean beer. It's not overpowering in the flavor. It's not forward too much in the alcohol booziness of it, but it's there. It's present. You know, Hey, this is a little bigger beer. I think this is from my standpoint, one of the the better examples of a Belgian strong dark ale that I've ever Mm -hmm. had. I mean, this is kind of is the baseline for what everybody goes for. I, I've always had good experiences with Delirium Tremens, um, like their the, the 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 whole line of beers. The, this in particular, uh, the dark fruits stand out for me. That those those notes and flavor elements, a little bit of kind of a like that sweetness, like you're saying, um, kind of if you think of brown sugar, um, you know, the kind of uh, it, it, it softens the edges a little bit. I, I think this is an excellent beer. And uh, Blake is completely distracting me by playing with the elephant. On I was showing Dan. Yeah. It wasn't for you. I'm laughing over here because he's. It wasn't for you. Yeah. I, I had a train of thought, and now this elephant walked in yeah. the room. So at least I didn't paint it. <laughs> so it was it was interesting because I when I was walking around John's Marketplace, I was like, "Do I get something that is related to a foreign film? Because this has a foreign actor as the I, main I, character." And I, I was like, "Do I find an Indian beer?" I thought or that's what you're going to do. Brit- and I was like, "You know what? I know I've I've had Delirium." This beer been around a long time. This beer is not a new beer. This is mm-hmm. this has been around a very very long time. And as far as the flavor profile and having watched the previews, I was like, this is going to be a funny film. Kind of a screwball. It's a little romp. screwball sweetness yeah. to the character, and I think it kind of fulfilled the visual matching the flavor profile because it was a little sweet. It was a little fun. Yeah, but not and, offensive. And I right, I would say it wasn't a a real complex beer to drink. No, so it didn't distract from the film. Right. And it, toward the end, the film is so chaotic. (laughs) You're not paying attention to what you're drinking anyway. True. True. I I will say, Dan, I'm glad you didn't just go with like an India pale ale. That would have been really like phoning it in. Yes. But, (laughs) but, uh, it wouldn't have gone with the movie. No, it wouldn't. And and even, uh, like Indian beers, which I, I have very little familiarity. I I don't know. Like Singa, that's actually Thai. I don't even. I've had one or two from what I remember. They were fine. Tasted pretty good. You know, that would have been interesting. But like both of these beers, you know, kind of watching the screwball comedy, this romp on kind of a winter's night. Both of these beers, I think, matched really nicely. It was kind of like, uh, as you're saying, Brian, the the film veers into chaos towards in right, the end. Right. And, and and I agree with you. You don't want something that's really complex 
um, or really distracting, uh, particularly through Act Three of this movie. Right, right. Knowing the main character doesn't drink, do you guys think there's a non-alcoholic that would work with this movie? Tonic water. Tonic water. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that I mean, easy. just straight up something with bubbles. <laughs> I, you know, ah, bubbles. <laughs> you know, he he does get fed. You know, non-consensually. There's a lot of non-consent going on in this film. So if well, you're yeah. by that, don't watch it. Right. But there's the, a lot uh, of non-consent. They took it right activity. out of that poor uh, thirsty waiter's hand. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was mixing everything together in one glass, and they gave it, him like this, like prototypical Jurassic <laughs> prolonged island iced tea. Yeah. yeah, you're like here, drink, drink this, and they kept feeding it to him, thinking it was just like cola or something oh, over his protest yeah, he's yeah. Like, no, yeah. No, 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 no i don't drink i don't drink and being very drunk then leads and feeds into the next round of high drinks for this yes this, yeah. uh, sympathetic so alcohol yeah. is not necessarily your friend but in a setting like that it might be because chaos abounds and then everyone is just laughing about it because chaos is chaos when you're in that setting well yeah. everybody except for the the one big wig who owned the house he oh, was yeah, kind of yeah. grumpy it wasn't even his party to begin with and his, his wife, wife was, was having a rough time at a certain point oh, she, she felt that balcony three times Three times. And then yeah. it was like, you know, they carried her out on a stretcher and he <laughs> asked her, are you all right? And she responded like she was totally whacked out on some drug. They, t- or they tell the, the, the people carrying her, don't drop her. Don't drop her. <laughs> she's okay. Don't drop her. And she's like, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm going like, to be in the pool room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You, know, you smoked something, didn't you? <laughs> you know, I think this is a really interesting film. I'm glad we took the opportunity to watch it. Yeah. It did present some challenges. I personally had a lot of problems with the brown face and the acting with the with the accent, but you know, it is take for where it was in the point in time. I think it did represent, you know, that there's a minority out there that is just not represented in film at all in Hollywood. And this is an opportunity to do some spiritual justice to what was happening, as you said, in like the bringing in and the cultural appropriation of the, you know, Indian culture. It, it, it made me appreciate Peter Sellers more the, the, like that, the talent and uh, impeccable comedic timing that he's got just the way that he moves, uh, sells a joke. And, and I think there's so few people that can do that as well as him. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of his humor was about things other than, this Indian stereotype yeah. that he portrays. And, and I'd say, like, it it's, was environmental. It, it's yeah. presence, but it's not the focus. Yeah, and right. so, like, Dan, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, it's problematic if you have a Caucasian actor portraying a non-Caucasian character. With a, like, sh- with a horrible we, accent. We can't support that, <laughs> you know. It, it, like, in this day and age, we know better. Yeah. But it also, it, it does, I, I think Peter Sellers has some artistic craft here that I can't ignore. And and I think it, it helps for me to realize like it th- this is portrayed as a sympathetic character. We are rooting for him the whole yes. time. Oh yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. Time. absolutely. And we are encouraged to. And that takes a lot of the edge off of it for me. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, uh, Blake, what do you think? I th- I think it's fine. Like I said, it's no jokes are really at his expense. I mean, he he you know gets mud on the shoe and has trouble getting the shoe back. He accidentally shoots the cowboy with the dark gun and then super speeds over across the house a couple of times. That happens. No, Hollywood I, suspense of belief. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> just look over. It's very, it's very uh, Looney Tunes style. Just all of a sudden they're yes. across the room. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought it was great. Definitely. I highly recommend it. Like I, I wasn't that distracted by the uh, stuff that Dan was mentioning. I was aware of it, mm-hmm. but it's such a funny movie. <laughs> he is. He's so funny. All the characters are, are fun. And eventual chaos. Like the more this movie went on, the more I didn't at one point go, ah, I wonder if it's gonna be over. It's just oh boy, now it's happening. Yeah. Now now what's going on? I, yeah. I think a lot of the slapstick comedy is similar to all the Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Pink mm-hmm. Panther films mm-hmm. really That's part it's of it. It's really it's really vibe. it's oeuvre. <laughs> it's the same right. vibe. It doesn't matter who it is on the screen, they're just doing funny slapstick stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it really reflects that simply because it's, you know, written. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> just a very funny, entertaining film. So, Brian, if I can ask, I think you've seen this at some point before. Yeah, about uh, three or four times. Yeah. How how did it did it feel any different viewing it uh, this this time through? Like, has it um, on repeated viewing? Has on repeated viewing, it it drags a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And and I will say, this film, some of the jokes go on a little bit long. They kind of repeat the same joke. Right one, right, one or two times too many, and that's that's just a, a aspect of modern sensibilities versus filmmaking in the sixties. Yeah, Being yeah. more patient at that time, yeah. or audiences. So the, the the pacing feels a little slow, mm-hmm. and the fact that I've seen it four times, 
I know what's coming. Some of the big m- movements. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some of the little movements I had forgotten, and they are hilarious again. <laughs> there, There's some predictability in this, but you can just ignore that. I was plot spoiling it as we were going along, simply going like, oh, he's going to do that next, and it happened. And I'm like, I didn't know that. I just guessed. There's one you missed, but I, I forget which one was. Something there's, with the water. There's some predictability, but, but yeah, no, I, but that's okay. But so, the, the best way to enjoy comedy, it, the thing with comedy is that you let are, it flow. You, you are hit by something unexpected. Is what makes it funny. That's what. Right. Ma- that's the whole thing in stand up. Is oh, here's an expectation, and now it's shattered. You're like, right. oh, that's good. Right. <laughs> and rule of threes, and I don't know what the rule is for going on too long. There's some that's thing to it. Three, three minutes is too long. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that for that that bugle scene went for like <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> I was starting to come back minutes. around and, until the next scene changed. Like, oh, I, I think I, I get it. Like, is this is this literally ever going to end, or is they yeah. are they just really milking this? I actually thought the bugle scene might have been funnier if we had known he was on a. Movie set, yeah. Or if we had seen the the movie, it's referencing originally. I don't right. think it is. Yeah. No. So true, for true. listeners who have kids, uh, I mean, there's there's the presence of drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol, but there's no nudity. There's no right. there's no cursing. N- there's no cursing. There's no foul language. Well, yeah, there is right. no cursing. This is like a PG film. No violence. There's no uh, violence. And there, there there is uh, like attempted uh, sexual assault yes. at one point in the movie. Yes, um, but it's brief. Its portrayals done a lot tamer than more than recent films. You can, you can just watch like than an episode CS- of Moonlighting, for Moonlighting yeah. or CSI Ooh. or any of those shows on TV that have it, cop dramas. Right, yeah. it's present. It's, it's very tame. It's it's super tame. But again, I I don't know. I, kids would probably not get half the jokes or most of them. They would go way over their heads. Yeah, because this would bore kids. I think as as right. a child of the seventies, I got a lot of it. But there's still even some, like you said, the, the referencing of other movies and what's happening on film went way over my head. I, I, it was way way before my time. I mean, the physical comedy I think would land, but the pacing yeah. of it might be yeah more kind of a challenge. Slow. Yeah, really slow. It's just like it's a party. What? They'd be on board with him losing his shoe in the water and lose interest by the time he gets the bamboo shoot. Probably. Well, no. Although we cracked, although we cracked up at him using the 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 sheriff being yeah the uh, the the invitation as a shoe, which probably fell off. (laughs) Anyway, well. As always, you know, I, we want to thank you for hanging in there and listening. Uh, this was a fun episode, fun movie. Find some good beers to watch with it if you do choose to watch it. It is on streaming services if you can find it. Um, Make sure you hydrate or you're going to yes. dehydrate. I'm not going to do the accent dance. Stop asking me to do the yeah. accent. I'm like, <laughs> you, you must hydrate or you'll dehydrate, mon ami. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, we don't French like the French accent. Yeah, who, nobody likes the French. And, and, and you know, they were singing. It, it, seriously, it looked like Greek. And they were saying, screaming, Opa. And I'm yeah, like, they were yelling Opa a Russian. lot. I'm like, that's very Greek. And the dude was doing Greek dances. And I was like, what, yeah. the, what the heck is going on? I like that jazz band. Well, kind of you know, in, in communist Russia, it's all Eastern Europe. It's all the same. It's yeah, all the same. 1968. I was like. That's not very sensitive of you, Aaron. <laughs> I, you know, this, this was the Cuban Missile Crisis era. Man. I, was ready for true, yeah, I was ready for the Django Reinhardt to just like jump out and start playing. I was like, what the heck is going on here? But anyway. That'd be a twist. That would be. So as always, the opinions expressed during the taping of this recording are those of the hosts. And thanks for hanging out and listening. And I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Dear listener, thanks for listening. I hope you find your sympathetic French friend and make it through the party. This is Blake saying, jump in the pool with your clothes on. And this is Brian. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to feed your parrot. Birdie num nums. Birdie num nums. Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. All right, Aaron, bring in the elephant. <laughs> 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 <laughs>